Hello again, Fight fans. Welcome to episode number 154 of The Neutral Corner. I am your host, Michael Montero for Boxing Monthly Magazine and BoxingMonthly.com. And this is TNC for the week of Saturday, January 19th. You'll probably notice I'm uh, posting this a little bit later than I usually do uh, on Mondays. And that's because um, I got off to a really, really slow start today, man. I got bad, bad food poisoning last night around midnight, one in the morning. And last night, all throughout today, were just absolutely horrible. <laughs> uh, I was basically um, exploding, you know, out of every orifice of my body and uh, had the chills. It was really, really bad. For any of you guys who are Sopranos fans, if you remember that episode where Tony Soprano had food poisoning and he was shivering and freaking out all day and miserable and wanted to die, that was pretty much me. Yet, here I am recording TNC for you guys. Why? Because I promise you TNC every week come rain, snow, or shine, damn it. So, um, look, if my energy is a little low today, uh, please forgive me. Be back to normal next week. I'm going to try to cut it a little shorter than normal this episode, but there's still a lot of boxing to discuss. So, let's get started with news and notes. Okay, so uh, let's go to my favorite thing. Let's start with rumors, right? Everybody saw last week on uh, Twitter rumors of Vladimir Klitschko coming back to fight Dillian White in April supposedly as a co-main for uh, AJ's next fight over there in London. And uh, Vlad, in an interview, I think, with Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated, called it fake news and pretty much, you know, said, no, 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 that's not happening. And my whole thing is, you know, a few of you guys asked me about it. I hadn't really heard anything about it. But I just thought logically about Vladimir's personality, which I know fairly well. If he were to return, he would not return for a tune-up. That's not Vlad's style. He would return to go straight to the man. And that's basically what he did when he came off that Tyson Fury loss and came back and fought AJ. He really should have had a tune-up fight. You think about it. He was basically off for like two years. But he doesn't do tune-ups. He wanted to go right to the challenge. So when I heard the rumor that he was coming back to fight Dillian White, of all people, and not fight AJ and fight in a co-main, Vlad don't do co-mains. So that's when I kind of figured it was bullshit. So anyway, that ain't happening, guys. I think Vladimir Klitschko, much like other fighters uh, in recent years like Lennox Lewis, um, Joe Calzaghe comes to mind. He's one of those guys that once he retired, that's it. He retired for good. I don't think he's coming back. Okay, actual news. Andy Ruiz buys out his deal with Top Rank and signs with PBC and Al Heyman. I think this move makes sense for Andy Ruiz. Let's face it, he's not an elite level heavyweight. He's never going to win a world title, but he's going to be one of those guys who's a contender and he can make for some interesting fights. PBC has some good second tier heavyweights. You can think of guys like Dominic Brazil, Gerald Washington. I think Luis Ortiz is kind of approaching that world now, that second tier of heavyweight. You could say he's top five still, but I don't know. I'm not so sure about that anymore. And then uh, up and coming guys like Joe Joyce. At some point, Joe Joyce is going to have to prove himself and a guy like Andy Ruiz might be a good first step for him. So I think this makes sense for Andy Ruiz. Uh, as far as big fights coming together, you've heard about Terrence Crawford and Amir Khan. That is pretty much set for April 20th. In fact, um, they're having pressers. Uh, they've already had a, a press announcement to, uh, to announce the fight, but they don't have the venue yet. We just know it's going to be April 20th, ESPN pay-per-view, probably in New York at Madison Square Garden, but not 100% sure. 
If it is in New York, that might be a fun one to go to. Amir Khan basically <laughs> selling out for the money again. This isn't the first time he's done that. I think he's getting a $5 million flat fee, but then you got to think of the foreign TV money he's going to get over in the UK and everywhere else. So uh, he's definitely going to get a huge payday. And I don't think this is going to end with him completely knocked the F out like he was against Canelo. Well, Varez, Terrence Crawford doesn't hit as hard as Canelo, but uh, Terrence Crawford might be the best fighter pound for pound on the planet, so he's definitely going to chew Amir Khan's ass up. However, if it is in New York, the UK fans and Khan's little army, they will travel, and it's going to make for a fun atmosphere. So does it belong on pay-per-view? Absolutely not. Does it really mean anything in, in the welterweight division? Absolutely not. But it is a name. Amir Khan is a name for Terrence Crawford. It keeps him busy. It's a name to kind of build himself up against a little bit more in that division. Because, they, I mean, all the welterweights are over on the PBC side. So it's going to be fights like this for Crawford until some of the top guys in the PBC are willing to, uh, to go up against Crawford. And I don't think we're going to see Thurman or Spence fight Crawford anytime soon. Maybe some of the guys like Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, I mean, something like that might be possible. I wouldn't even rule out a Manny Pacquiao, Terrence Crawford fight. I don't think it will happen. I really don't, but anything's possible in boxing, right? So anyway, that's going to go down April 20th. If it is in New York, I'm probably going to go up there and cover that one live just because it's going to be a fun atmosphere. All right, let's get into the review of what we saw last week. So Friday, January 11th, in the boxing hotbed that is Shreveport, Louisiana, it was a showbox card put on by Devin Haney Promotions. And Haney improved to 21-0 with 13 KOs. Unanimous decision win, basically a shutout win against South African Zolisani Ingonjeni, who dropped to 25-1, uh, his first loss as a pro. As I mentioned, virtual shutout, he dropped Ingon Jenny, I hope I'm saying that name's close to correct. And uh, wins a minor vacant WBC title. It was like the WBC Intercontinental Suck My Dick title or something. I don't know. He wins that. That moves him higher up in the ratings with the BC. And right now, the WBC champion at lightweight is Mikey Garcia. I don't know if Garcia is going to have that title much longer. Garcia is of Mexican heritage. The WBC will bend over backwards and kiss their own ass to help out a fighter of Mexican heritage most of the time. So uh, I do think, you know, maybe they'll let him hang on to that title. But I don't know, depending on what Garcia does against Spence, is he going to be at 135 again? Or is he going to go maybe to 140? So I don't know, man. Maybe that title becomes vacant and we see Haney fight for that vacant WBC lightweight title at the end of the year. As I've been telling you guys for a couple weeks, I interviewed Haney recently for a piece I did in the ring, which will be out soon. And um, he wants an elimination fight this summer. And this was the exact type of performance that's going to make that happen. So no doubt, later this year, spring, summer-ish, he's going to fight an elim a title eliminator. Uh, if he does well there, probably going to fight for a title at the end of the year. Good for him. You know, the one thing about Haney, I just wonder about, he, he seems to lack world-class power. He's got power. He's got the kind of power that's like a sneaky power, catching a guy with a shot when he's off balance, you know, something like that. I mean, his knockdown, I think it was the second round of this fight. It was just a flash knockdown. So at some point, that lack of real elite-level power, 
especially because he's having more and more trouble making 135. He's only going to be a lightweight for another year or so. As he moves up to 140 and probably closes out at 147, I just wonder how that lack of power is going to affect him. But right now, he could probably beat every lightweight out there not named Vasily Lomachenko. And I, I'm not including Mikey Garcia in that conversation because I don't think he's going to be a lightweight anymore. I just don't. He's bulking up for this fight with Spence. I think he's probably going to settle at 140. That's just my hunch. Anyway, that was Friday night. Sunday night, there was no boxing Saturday. We had NFL playoffs Saturday and Sunday. And Sunday, January 13th in Los Angeles at the Microsoft Theater. It was PBC on Fox Sports 1. And Fox, which has been covering, you know, they have part of the NFL playoffs. They've been promoting this, this fight, this card. And I thought that was great. I wish it was on regular Fox and not Fox Sports 1 because if you had it on regular Fox, everybody that was watching football, maybe you get some residual viewership from that football game. That would have made more business sense. But it was probably you know pennies on the dollar to move this thing over to Fox Sports 1. That's why they did it. Makes sense. So in the main event, Caleb Plant improves to 18-0 with 10 knockouts, scores a unanimous decision win over Jose Uzcatagay. Uh, the scores were 116-110 twice and 115-111. And Plant wins Uzcatagay's IBF super middleweight title. Plant started well. He was boxing beautifully early on. I thought he swept the first half of the fight. You could even argue the first two-thirds of the fight. But Uzcatagay kept applying the pressure. And late in the fight, the Venezuelan slash Mexican uh, he had his moments, and, and he won, arguably, the last three, four rounds of the fight, but it was a little too little, too late. He did swell up Plant's face a little bit. I think it was Plant's right eye was almost swollen shut. But give the kid credit. He hung tough. He stuck to his game plan, which is boxing, staying on the back foot. He's not going to stand there and trade with you and step forward. He's going to move backward. And that's what he did all night. He had fought absolutely weak opposition up until this point. And I actually did, uh, we talked about this fight a little bit, just previewed it on the Ringside Reporter podcast. I called in there Sunday night, or I'm sorry, uh, Saturday, and, and talked to those guys. And uh, we just previewed this fight. And uh, I said in my preview, I'm like, you know what, Uzkata guy, he's got the more proven track record. So if you put a gun in my head, I'm going to pick him. But in this fight, we saw Plant prove he's legit. Now, am I ready to call him the best super middleweight or anything? No, but he's absolutely in the top five. You know, I think Callum Smith right now, you probably got to rate at number one. Gilberto Ramirez, maybe he's number two. We don't really know what he's doing. He said recently he wants to move to light heavyweight. I don't know. You also have Benavidez who has a fight coming up. Uh, he's got, you know, he's had some drug issues outside the ring, so we don't know what's going on with him. But at one point, he looked like he might be the best guy. But that... Uh, that momentum he once had as being maybe the best fighter in the division seems to have plateaued. I don't know if he'll get back to that form. So Plant is definitely in the discussion, and he has a title. What will happen from here, I don't know. For Uzkatagai, he is still a, at, at least a top 10 super middleweight, but obviously the blueprint's out on how you beat this guy. You just box him. If Plant had power, he probably could have stopped Uzkatagai. So uh, that's the difference here. And look, um, what's his face? I'm trying to think of uh, Durrell. It wasn't, it wasn't Andre Durrell. It was Anthony Durrell. Fought, who's caught the guy twice. Heavily skilled, right? Not a lot of power. And you saw how he had problems and who's caught the guy was able to break him down 
mentally and then physically. Plant doesn't fight exactly like the Durrell brothers, but similar. You know, he uses boxing, he uses skills, he's not a power puncher, but he showed mental toughness that Durrell didn't have by hanging in there and closing out the fight. So again, Plant showed he's for real. Certainly a top super middleweight, and I want to see more of him. Uh, also on this card, Brandon Figueroa, who is the brother of Omar Figueroa, the uh, Figueroa brothers from Texas. He, uh, he fought Moises Flores and got a KO3 win. By the way, his brother Omar fights John Molina in February. That might end in just a, that's just going to be a bloodbath, that fight. But um, Flores has been in there with some, some top guys, right? He's won some, lost some, probably lost more than he's won. But for Figueroa to go in there and dominate him, that was a good quality win for Figueroa, who continues to build himself up. And Guillermo Rigondeau coming back from that first fight since December 2017 when he was embarrassed and outclassed by Vasily Lomachenko. Uh, KO's a pizza boy in one round. The guy he fought has now lost seven of his last eight, most by stoppage. So that tells you where Guillermo Rigondeau is at. But he's back, baby. He's back. My favorite fighter ever. Okay, so that is what happened last week, guys. Let's preview what we got coming up this week. The schedule is about to get started this week. I mean, things are really going to start rocking. We got a bunch of boxing to talk about. Friday, January 18th in New York at the Madison Square Garden. It will be another matchroom card on The Zone. And in the main event, Demetrius Andre defends his WBO middleweight title against Arthur Akabov. And you just look at the height difference in this fight, man. Andre's six foot one, Akabov five foot nine. So on the surface, you think, man, this ain't even going to be competitive, right? Just uh, Andre's length and athleticism is going to uh, just dominate this fight. But you start to look at who Andre has fought since moving to 160 pounds. He's fought Atlantez Fox in Walter. Cotton Dakwa. That's it. So the title he holds right now is a complete fucking joke. And the guy he's facing in Akovov, he went the distance with Billy Joe Saunders in 2016. Some people feel he was robbed. Some people feel he won that fight. It definitely was close, whether you feel Saunders won or not. So he's definitely the best opponent for Andre in a while. This is a minor step up for Andre. Is it the best opponent of his career? I don't know. He fought Vons Martirosian. Uh, Martirosian probably better overall than Akavov, but certainly his best opponent in a long time. But you have to favor Andre to win and defend his paper-thin title. Thinner than the notes I'm reading from right now. Uh, also on this card, Jorge Linares versus Pablo Cesar Cano. That is going to be a good fight, and I think that one could steal the show. Just in terms of styles, I think that one's going to be a lot of fun. If you tune into this card and you want to tune out the main event, I don't blame you one bit, but check that fight out. Because I'm just telling you, in terms of styles and where both guys are at in their career, that's going to be fun, man. Another title fight, TJ Doheny against Ryohei Takahashi, defending his IBF Super Bantamweight title, the title that he won in Japan back in last August. This will be his first defense. He is an Australian fighter, uh, based in Australia, but of Irish uh, descent. He was born in Ireland and now lives and trains out of Australia. Also on this card, Jarrell Big Baby Miller versus TBA. What the hell is going on with Jarrell Miller's career, man? TBA, at the time I'm recording this, it's Monday. Still no opponent for Miller that I've heard of. 
Also on this card, Chris Algieri. Remember him? He's going to fight on this card. And Amanda Serrano. I mentioned her because she could be a possible future opponent for Katie Taylor. And undefeated welterweight prospect, Alexis Rocha, who's 12-0, 21 years old. He's a southpaw. He's going to be on this card as well. And of course, with the zone, you get to watch all of the fights. So you guys will get to see all those guys fight. That is in New York City, in upstate New York, in Verona at the Turning Stone Casino. It is top rank on ESPN+. Bryant Jennings, heavyweight action in the main event, going up against Oscar Rivas. Rivas is out of Canada, but he's a Colombian. He fought in the 2008 Olympics for Colombia, and he beat Kubrat Pulev in those games in Beijing. So uh, he's definitely a very, very um, skilled guy, but he's a little short. He's maybe six feet tall, if that, and Jennings is probably 6'3", 6 6'4". 6 but just in terms of styles and everything else, uh, this should be a competitive, good quality heavyweight scrap. And, you know, I love the heavyweights, so I'm looking forward to this one. Jennings is 5-0 and since his back-to-back -back losses to Vladimir Klitschko and Luis Ortiz. And during that run... Uh, he's, you know, he's had a couple of just layups, but his last fight was against Alexander Dimitrenko, who is limited as that guy is, does have experience in size. So that was a slight step up. And I think Rivas is going to be a step up from that. For Rivas, though, you look at his professional career, hasn't really faced anybody yet. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do. I'm telling you, this is a good crossroads fight for two heavyweights, and I think it's going to be a pretty good, fun scrap. Also on this card, Shakur Stevenson fighting a Filipino fighter, Jesse Kreese Rosales. So uh, we'll see what Stevenson does. This will be his 10th pro fight. If he can con continue to settle into uh, what I call his man legs, because when he first went pro, he kind of had Bambi legs. You know, uh, He's trying to settle in and grow into a man and sit down on the punches. That's something I think Michael Conlon's trying to do as well. Those are two of the guys top-ranked pulled out of the last Olympics. Let's see what he can do against this Filipino. Now, that's Friday. Saturday, January 19th, MGM Grand Casino, Las Vegas, Nevada. It's a pay-per-view card that I don't think belongs on pay-per-view, but it is what it is. And the main event, Manny Pacquiao, going up against Adrian Broner, for his WBA, uh, defending his WBA regular welterweight title. And again, that title is complete horseshit. About as thin as this piece of paper I'm holding. Because he beat an absolutely shot skeleton named Lucas Matisse to win it. Uh, what the hell is regular title anyway? How the hell can you be a champion? The terms, the words champion and regular should not go together in the same sentence. It just doesn't make any damn sense, but that's the WBA. Will belt anything. That's what the WBA stands for. Or world bullshit assholes. How about that one? Anyway, Pacquiao's record, 67-2. He's had 69 pro fights. This will be his 70th pro fight. You don't see many guys have that many fights in their career anymore as pros. You know, Klitschko was the last really great fighter that had, I want to say, he had at least 60 fights, approaching 70 fights. And uh, Pacquiao... When he retires in the next couple years, he'll have over 70 fights, man. You just don't see that a lot. 39 KOs in his career as well, going up against the problem, Adrian Broner. AB, which stands for about bail, because this dude's in jail more than R. Kelly, it seems. Actually, has R. Kelly been to jail yet? He will soon. And he's going to you know, give a whole new meaning to that term, that song, Honey Love, 
when he does a couple bids in prison, man. Uh, that show on Lifetime talking about R. Kelly messing with all them young girls. Man, that's crazy. That dude's life is about to blow up. He's going to be uh, the 2019 Bill Cosby, except he's going to get brutally raped in prison. I don't think anyone's busting Bill Cosby's ass that much in prison right now because he's just too old, you know? Anyway, you know, he's the Jello gelatin guy. All right, uh, that was a tangent. <laughs> Pacquiao is 40 years old, 5'5", five 67-inch five, reach. He is a southpaw, of course. A.B., 29. He's over a decade younger. But you look at these two, they look about the same damn age. Black don't crack my ass. Broner looks like he's about 45. Five foot six, 69-inch reach. So Broner is naturally uh, bigger and longer, but I don't think he's naturally stronger. I think Pacquiao is the naturally more gifted athlete. I don't think that's a controversial statement. I also think he's naturally physically stronger. I think you're going to see that in this fight, man. To me, this fight is easy to predict. Uh, if, if Pacquiao can move forward, punch from different angles, use his dynamic footwork to get in and out, zig and zag, you know, diagonally, and make A.B. back up. He's going to win this fight. Do I see a knockout? No. I see a safe but decisive decision win for Pacquiao. That's what I see. Also on this card, Roche Warren going up against Nordin Ubali. And for Ubali, it's his first fight in the USA. Uh, he fought in the 2008 Olympics. And he lost in that Olympics to Zoshi Ming. And this fight is for a vacant WBC Bantamweight title. So uh, the more, you know, I, I didn't, again, this is another fight we talked about when I called into the Ringside Reporter podcast with Eric Lorta, Joe Habib, and Ringside Rob. It was good to talk to those guys. And uh, at the time, you know, I, I just thought, well, Rasheed Warren, he can't punch through a wet paper bag. Is he going to be able to handle this kid's pressure coming at him who's hungry? But the more I think about it, man, this thing is in Vegas. Warren does have experience. He has boatloads of experience in the amateurs. And now he's fought for a title a couple times as a pro. I think he wins this fight by decision and grabs uh, this vacant title. He's going to be a two-time world titleist. That's what I see. Also on this card, Badu Jack versus Marcus Brown. This fight might steal the show. This fight probably will steal the show. This is for the vacant WBC silver Light heavyweight title. These, these damn titles, man. For Jack, it's his first fight since the draw he had with Adana Stevenson last May. And for Brown, the 2012 Olympian, it's pretty much shit or get off the time, shit or get off the pot time. <laughs> and that's it's funny using that expression now after the night I've had. But for Brown, it really is shit or get off the pot time, right? Uh, he's had domestic issues, you know, uh, legal issues outside the ring. He, at one point, he was. Maybe going to fight Sergey Kovalev, but he screwed that up with his irresponsible actions in his personal life. And now he's up against Badu Jack, who's an easier opponent than Kovalev, a more beatable opponent. Jack just seems to lack that, that higher level, that's that, that next gear, that in a very, very close, grueling fight, you know, a guy who has that can go to that extra gear and take it a step further to grab the W. Kind of what we saw Plant do last weekend, but to a higher degree, a much higher degree. Somebody like an Andre Ward, you know, who had that higher degree to him in a close grinding fight. He could just uh, step it up a little bit more and grind out that win. And from Jack, he's been in some very close fights that he had a, absolutely had a chance to win. 
you know, against DeGale, against Stevenson. He just doesn't seem to have that higher gear, man. So if there's anything to Marcus Brown, anything at all, this is his chance. This could be his coming out party. We shall see. Jack Tapora, Filipino fighter, going up against a Mexican, Hugo Ruiz, for an interim featherweight title as well. Uh, Tapora's 22-0 and 0 with 17 knockouts. And of course, you know, on a Manny Pacquiao card, it makes sense. If you're putting this thing off in Vegas, you got to have a Filipino versus a Mexican, right? You want to try to get that Mexican-American fan base out there. That's just smart business. Uh, so that's it, guys. That's it for this week. And like I said, I'm cutting it short this week because I feel like shit. Uh, food poisoning, if you've ever had it before, guys, or if you haven't, man, I just, I would not, I would not wish this on my enemy, like for real. It really, really sucks. And I'm hoping by this time tomorrow, I will feel better and I'll be able to chat with you guys in the comments section, all right? That's it for TNC 154. Remember to spread the word about the podcast and subscribe everywhere. I'll see you at the fights.